How you doing, everybody? Jeff Joniak along my broadcast partner, Tom Thayer, here on Bears All Access, coming to you live from Hallis Hall at PNC Studios. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Another edition of the show as we wind down through the season, Tommy, now week 12 with the Giants in on Sunday. And word that uh, Mitchell Trubisky going to try to give it a go. If he's cleared by the medical staff and he makes it through the week of practice, he'll be your starting quarterback on Sunday. Good. I'm all for him. I want to see Mitchell Trubisky full steam ahead. I want to see Matt Nagy, you know, stay behind this offense and try to continue the development process of it. You know, they talk about the, you know, the seven minutes of explosion two weeks ago against Detroit. Then I think he came out of the box hot this past weekend against the Rams. So, um, you know, you got to have, you know, you got to come out against uh, the New York Giants, have a positive drive, get the momentum and the emotions in the stadium on behalf of the support of the sideline and just, you know, take it from there. Could be opportunities to make a lot of big, there'll be opportunities. The Giants give you opportunities. Teams have taken advantage of that at NFL high 12 plays or 40 yards or more. They're 30th in yards per completion this year. They're giving up a lot of points, at least 27 points, nine times, at least 31 points, six times. Those are bottom of the barrel in the NFL, but they still keep players to keep an eye on. But the point is you can find mismatches that if things are going well, Mitch and the receivers have to be in sync, and that's on them too. they got to run these routes, proper depth, proper execution of that stuff, and hold on to the football. Right. Priority number one is give Mitch the protection that he needs to locate the receivers and allow them to get in position. Don't have to make a throw on a reaction of pressure. And you talk about they do have some star potential power on the defensive side of it. The guy closest to Mitchell Trubisky is Leonard Williams, their talented defensive lineman. So, yeah, when you look for them to attack downfield – Make sure you get those guys blocked first and then, you know, dis distribute the football as efficiently it was. You know, Anthony Miller got a lot more involved. Uh, Turbo Gabriel is still a, a fast option on the outside. And I think and uh, still think Allen Robinson is, you know, a solid number one who's got real good potential. And Jesper Horstead, the uh, rookie out of Princeton, the undrafted wide receiver, turned tight end. He's added about 15 pounds. He says he's been put on the active roster. That's good. been something in the works that's been happening here he's been having very good practices as a scout team tight end mimicking some of the offenses that the defense of the Bears is trying to stop on a bright young guy he, he did flash in the preseason he definitely has good hands got good range got good wingspan and he's a big body the blocking will come over time if he's capable of doing that in the long term. Well, you know, there was a question asked of Matt Nagy at the podium earlier this week about how the U tight end, it, um, it helps all the other positions get involved. And so where where is Horsted going to be? Is he going to be at the U tight he will end? Be. Okay. Yes. So now if he can be an influence at that position, it's going to open up opportunities for everybody else. So that's what I like about it because I still want to continue to develop and get um, Ben Broniker in a stance as much as I can. Allow him to see if he can really capture that tight end position with a couple more routes. But, um, hey, anybody that's getting an opportunity at this stage of the season, they usually – Care, they usually bring some enthusiasm to the locker room that these guys haven't been exposed to yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Everybody fighting for opportunities. Coming up uh, in our show tonight, Nick Kwiatkowski. The Bears right now starting inside linebacker paired with Roquan Smith. Always a good guy to talk to and a, a perfect example of a guy that uh, is versatile. The more you can do aspect is all about it with this guy. That's on his nameplate. He's an outstanding special teams player and a guy you can count on, and it'll be enjoyable to talk to him tonight. You know, I think the Bears are really fortunate to have a guy like Nick Kukowski because as much as I like Danny Trevathan, I, I have a lot of respect for him. 
But, you know, when you listen to Roquan Smith talk and you listen to Nick talk, they're two really intelligent guys. They're two intelligent kids that study football and understand the game well. And I'm just saying this because Danny Trevathan is a little bit more experienced than these guys, and he's older and he's got more NFL experience. But I, I do – I like to see the last three weeks that Roquan has put together, and I like to see the last two weeks that Nick Kwiatkowski's put together. He's flashing all over the field. Um, I don't think he's vulnerable against the passing game like they were – people were saying before he got his opportunity so hey uh, Nick has shown some big things whether it's the blitz against Dalvin Cook he had a really good blitz against an offensive lineman against Detroit that he pushed him in the backfield so I want to see more I want to see more well, he's got to come down that aggressive style yeah you know Saquon's coming at you he may not be a hundred with that high right ankle sprain his production weighed down from early in the season uh, but with a bye week after a one yard 13-carry game against the New York Jets, which, by the way, their defense is a lot better than people think and, and one of the uh, top statistical defenses. But that's got to sit in his craw a little bit if he gets started early. And they will try it. There's no question what the plan will be against the Bears All right, let me ask this you this, week. though, because we've seen it now in a couple times throughout the season. Um, you saw the injury to Akeem Hicks against the Raiders, and then what did the Raiders start doing? Yeah. They started attacking Khalil. So are now you saw what the Rams did this week when they really had uh, an offensive line they were uncertain of, so they went to one back that was eight yards deep in the yeah. backfield. So my, my thinking now, ends. are they going to take Daniel Jones, who's an inexperienced rookie quarterback, put Saquon Barkley eight yards in the backfield and allow him a little bit more exposure time before he hits the line of scrimmage instead of coming out of a shotgun or four yards behind the line of scrimmage? It seems like everybody takes a little bit out of the last playbook that was successful against the Bears. Now I'm interested if they're going to do the same in that success department because it may release well, some stress from Daniel Jones. You know, because of the deal is here, you don't, you know, the, the book on the Bears right now until further note, you don't need to score a lot of points to beat them. Right. So that's just it. They're, they're satisfied with establishing the run, a couple of play-action passes. The defense has only given up. Uh, very few points a game, obviously, 17 or less. They've done it seven times this season. They're 4-3. and three. They were 10-0 last year with that. So, yes, that, that is the expectation. Right. But so they have two tight ends that are that's, that you so took that, the words may, You took the words right out of now my Now, they mouth. activated, uh, you know, a couple guys from the practice squad or whatnot. But Red Ellison, who's an outstanding, one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, he's, he's banged up as well as Evan Ingram. But he's back at practicing with a sore left foot. That foot is uh, was in a boot until this week. So, He's one of their better playmakers, um, you know, for the Giants. They've had a ton of injuries on offense. Their offensive line, though, also seems very susceptible on the tackles, on the edges, Tom. Nate Solder's given up 16 and a half sacks in the last 26 games as a New York Giant. And on the other side, Mike Remmers has given up four sacks this season. Uh, both of them have combined, I think, for seven holding penalties. So the edges have Yikes. not been great for the well, Giants. Well, too, you know, they've had – you talk about the interruption – or the in, – um, Injuries that they, they've had at the offensive tackle position, and some guys got a little bit of experience. So now with the tight ends being injured, I'm going to see when they go to the big packages, is it going to be two extra offensive linemen, maybe a tight end and an offensive lineman when they go that big package against the Bears? So, um, yeah, you know, I, I – the Bears still have to be destructive against it because their offensive line has had injuries and they have a young quarterback who's thinking out there more than just reacting. Eric Smith, who made his NFL debut filling in at tackle, gave up three sacks against the Jets. So, again, the tackles are an issue. But Daniel Jones, we were impressed with him in that preseason yeah. game. And he has done nothing to dissuade us from thinking that he's going to be a long-term answer there for the Giants, a quarterback 
He is having trouble hanging on to the football with fumbles, though. So yeah. that should be well. That should be catnip for uh, for for so, Khalil Mack. So is Jared. So is Jared Goff coming into the Bears game. How many fumbles yeah. he's had in consecutive they didn't, they games? They didn't put him in the back to throw much. But that's but now that becomes a point of emphasis. Yeah. I know that. Daniel Jones has fumbling, but each week they are going to preach uh, ball security. They've given up the second most quarterback hits in the league to 81. So, again, it's and right there Khalil's on got, the table. Khalil's got 22, I think, by himself. It's right there yeah. on the table. Yep. One sack in the last six games. All right, that's Tom there. I'm Jeff Joniak. We're coming to you from PNC Studios here at Hallis Hall with Paul Zeranger, engineer, and Dan Barilli, our producer. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, top there. We'll have the call of the game against the Giants Sunday from Soldier Field. Pre-game at 9, kickoff at noon before the schedule gets quite interesting. And we never like to look ahead, but we're not playing, <laughs> so we can't. We, we are afforded that opportunity, and it's a short week to Detroit with the Lions. And then you get the big boys, four what looks like playoff teams in a row. Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, Minnesota, and that's your schedule right now. You're put in a really difficult position. Many people have already dismissed the notion of, of anything postseason, but you can't think that way as a player. No. Now, you're, now you're playing for a lot of different reasons. You're playing for a lot of things right now as a player. If but, you're in the same position, you lost five of six despite expectations, and now you're, you're looking at uh, what you're looking at down the barrel of the gun, so to speak. You know, that's the challenge of being a professional athlete because not everything is always going to come up roses. You're going to face some obstacles throughout your career, and that's going to be judgment day for you. Because as these coaches sit with these players, Jeff, in the meeting rooms and on the practice field, you can see effort on the practice field and you can evaluate mental effort in the classroom. So the first thing I want to do is talk to every position and, listen, man, I need you all in. I need you all in like we're an undefeated football team getting ready for the Super Bowl. Because, honestly, that's the only way you're going to improve. If you let anybody drop their guard or her, or have a lack of effort in practice or the effort they put in meetings. Well, let me ask you this. The two guys that left the game with an injury practiced on Wednesday. So Bobby Massey right. and Mitchell Trubisky. Right. So that tells me a lot. Me too. You know? I, I, the, the message being sent is these. it's important to these players. And I was listening to an interview with Bobby Massey, and he was talking about the role of Mitchell Trubisky and how much confidence these guys have in him and his his preparedness and his work ethic and his enthusiasm and, and being a teammate. I'm not sitting here trying to make any, you know, Mitchell. Well, these guys, they, they are going to say that. But, but, but he's a these, veteran saying it. Right, but different. these guys also, they understand what's ahead of them, too. And that's what I'm talking about. When you're being challenged as a professional, you're being challenged every, every day life, whether you're 9-0 and or 0-9. And, and if, you're, if the game is important to you, you're going to reflect that to the coaches. All right, Eddie Pinero, since points are at a premium right now, every point matters. And so the two kicks he missed in a row, which is a little bit of a delineation that Matt Nagy made on Wednesday during his news conference that – they still have trust in him, but they got to they got to work through this idea of missing two in a row, and and you look at it, he's only had eight kicks in the past six weeks, eight field goals. Right. Forget about the extra points; that's a different animal. Right. Got to make those, but he's, he's missed a couple of those too. But is there anything to the idea he hasn't had a lot in the last six weeks, and is that get does that have some sort of impact on your mind as a young kicker? 
I mean, no, honestly, I, he's, I, no, because, he's made he's, four of those eight only. That's right, it. but he's, he's, he's kicking 30 or 40 a day in practice, okay. and he is going to Soldier Field. But it's nothing I, like he, game day big time. Right, there isn't. But that's when you have to have a self-confidence about, about you that no matter what the conditions are, where you're kicking, that you have, this is what you've prepared your life for. And I keep reverting back because the first kickoff after they scored the touchdown, yeah, that up, yeah. it was an underkick football with, le- with not very much hang time and didn't it make it to the end zone. What's, where, is, where is Eddie's confidence swing? Where is Eddie Pinheiro swinging it at equally the same, whether he's kicking off or hitting field goals? Because that's what it has. Repetitiously, you've got to be doing the same thing. You don't adjust as a kicker you still come up there and you swing as efficiently as you can just like a golfer i mean they don't change their swing you know they just change the distances i brought this up to coach Nagy on monday night he did see and players didn't complain to him but we heard from mark Rody, our sideline reporter and uh, reporter here on the score that players were not thrilled with the field yeah. it was slick yeah could that have entered into his mind with his plant foot um, only if during his practice, because I was watching him kick right before kickoff. He was out there by himself kicking um, field goals, and I think the last one he ended up kicking was like 45 yards away, and he was hitting it well. He okay. wasn't. It wasn't where okay, my first four kicks, my plant foot slipped. Um, if that's the case, then go put in longer cleats in your heel because you can change the length of the cleats by a quarter inch. That can give you more. Uh, plant foot stability but you know I I don't I don't think that was the issue it's just that um, Eddie's got to go in there knowing that these guys believe in him and they want him to succeed and then he has to go out there with that mental frame of mind that he's a confident kicker and he's gonna hold on to this job for a long time Tom there Jeff Joniak with you on Bears All Access Nick Krikowski will be our guest tonight on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the scores the Bears prepare for the New York Giants let's talk Eddie Jackson because in an effort to get him more involved, I mean, he, he wants the ball. You know, he wants to take the ball away, but playing him closer to the box, how do, how do you like that transition for him? He was filling gaps. He was making plays behind the line of scrimmage. He obviously was a part of that forced fumble uh, early in the game. How do you look at that? You know, Eddie's got good instincts at or near the line of scrimmage. He knows where he can penetrate. He knows how to read blocks. He knows how to read plays so quickly that if he's not going to make the play into the backfield, he can make it laterally. I don't hate it. But listen, how did we all get to know Eddie right. early in but his they're, career? They're it's not about testing the team deep, <laughs> right? But then, can you? I I don't know how you configure um, defensive back, you know, against different formations. Couldn't you put him in a position where he's more susceptible to those tip balls or protecting long, so you so you can use the reactions like last year's Detroit interception? You can see it from where we are in the press box how long he anticipated that interception. And so, again, I, I don't hate him at or near the line of scrimmage, but I like him intercepting footballs. And in terms of the Bears' front, because with Khalil Mack getting all that attention, we're still seeing a, a lot of one-on-one matchups that should be revealing a little yeah. bit more in terms of – quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball quicker, no question about it. But uh, do you get lulled to sleep a little bit when it's a steady ground game and you know you're going to be facing extra guys at the line of scrimmage and then all of a sudden – Bam! You're in a pass rush mode. Yeah, but if you're when you're facing a steady ground game, if you can limit their success on first and second down, then you're guaranteed a big pass rush on third down. But when you're giving up big yards on first and second down versus the run game, you're not getting a realistic chance to rush the passer, because if you're in third and three, they can do anything. They can run the ball as 
equally as effective as they can throw the ball. So now you're not in that sprinter's pass rushing stance that gives Khalil Mack a low body lean and a good shoulder lean and makes one-on-one blocks or two-on-one blocks that he can still get pressure. Now you're kind of inching off the line of scrimmage because if you blow a field and they run the ball right right where the area you vacated. Oh, yeah, there is some edge protection going on, no yeah. question. You, you got to. You got, it's a gap. Yeah. But, boy, it, I've been bringing this up to Nagy and Chuck Pagano. The frustration level of an elite pass rusher like that, it's got to be in it. Oh. He's not going to admit it. He's not going to admit it publicly because you got to go out and play. But I mean, how do you how do you unlock this? You, you know, it, it's the relentlessness. It, it's got to be other guys capitalizing on them relentlessly hitting Khalil Mack with with two or more bodies. Someone, you know, you know, when I look at the, the ability, the athleticism, the size and the strength of a guy like Roy Rob, and then he goes out in the first game of the year, gets a sack against Aaron Rodgers. I I expect a sack out of him every third game. And maybe maybe multi, you know maybe back to back games, um, so these guys that are getting one on one opportunities in some of the offensive lines and offensive linemen they're playing against are are backups, maybe multiple backups. So that you got to see these guys being able to capitalize. Um, you know when you look at the athleticism of a guy like Leonard Floyd, he has it all. He's got quick feet in a small amount of space. He's got great length. He can be hazardous around the corner. He's a guy that when you talk about Khalil, you know, at the start of the season, oh, he'll have 17 sacks. Leonard Floyd better follow you with 10 because he's, he's, got, some of, he's got some of the traits that teams search for in that type of rusher. Yeah, Nick Williams still remains your leading sacker on the Bears with six as the Bears get ready to meet a Giants team that uh, has uh, some interior strength at guard with Will Hernandez. The left guard is outstanding. And, you know, they brought in Kevin Zeitler this year, and he's in a – that's a good pair of guards right there. Yeah. A little question they, mark at center right now. They, you know, there are a good pair of guards, but it's sometimes Saquon Barkley, when he's healthy, in his elusiveness and his style of play, both catching the ball and running the ball, he can make these offensive linemen look a shade better because he breaks so many tackles. All right, that's top there. I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access. From PNC Studios here at Hallisall, the Bears and Giants come up on Sunday. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Back with more after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Coming to you live from PNC Studios at Hallisall. Sunday's game against the New York Giants is brought to you by PNC, the official bank of the Bears. Good to have Nick Kwiatkowski alongside. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for uh, having me. Have you ever me. been on this show over the years? Yeah, yeah probably. I think I was. Yeah, Last yeah. year, maybe two years ago. Yeah. It was one of the live shows. Uh, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're you, a guy that uh, you've been around a while, but, you know, the, the bright lights and all the attention, not kind of your thing, is it? No, you know, I just <laughs> like to, uh, you know, come to work and clock out. Boy, that's what you do, isn't it, though? <laughs> is that down to a T? Is that, that's blue-collar roots somewhere there. Yeah, I would say so. Um I don't know where it comes from. Probably family, you know, Pittsburgh ties, something somewhere around there. That's the hook. Hey, in your in your football life, playing a high a wide receiver and a safety in high school, when did your body make the transition to linebacker size? Um, it started to kind of when I got to college. Right. I think I went to college. I was about two ten, maybe two o five, two ten that area. Played safety my freshman year. I redshirted. And that second year was kind of that transition from my redshirt freshman year to my redshirt sophomore year. Or yeah, my true freshman year to my redshirt freshman year is when they, you know, you need to put on some weight. So 
You, they said you did 19 reps at 225 at the combine. Could you still do that many, or could you do more now? Because it's nothing like training for your yeah. combine after your senior year of football. But now that you've been around the NFL for a couple of years, where's your body gone from that point? I feel like I can get around there. Yeah, I don't know yeah if I can just do quite tell that him. Yes, many. tell him you did thirty. <laughs> he, he asks every guy that sits in there about their combine lifting. I think it's well, funny. Yeah, but it's two different. Is... It's different. Like, it's a different training. Right, I think leading right. up to that. But I'm definitely. I feel stronger than when I was coming out. Way well, stronger. I, it's like I don't think I could have ever run as the forty like I did in the combine. I don't think I could have ever run a faster forty after the years that you get experience in the NFL. And then I was seeing. Did you have a like a difference of your pro day and the combine because it's I was reading about you and it said that you took the numbers from the combine and not the pro day. I I, I was confused about yeah, that. Yeah, I actually didn't really test in my pro day. I just did the uh, the drills, position drills, and I didn't retest anything. Yeah, because if these guys if they're comfortable that that's mm-hmm. their wheelhouse and they don't think they're going to really improve or in certain cases reduce, they'll just they'll just rely on their numbers. But do do you recall if teams tried to push you to do more on your pro day or do you just have the final say on that um so i i talked to my agent and we were happy not i wouldn't say happy but satisfied with my numbers um and things that after going through them i didn't think i was gonna improve drastically we're at a point where it'd be like oh he's yeah uh, make a difference so i just opted out um and just the funny the, thing, they don't mean a doggone thing once well, you get here. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think at, you know, when I came as a senior year in college, we had three combines. We went to one in Seattle, one in Detroit, and one in Tampa Bay, and then it was done. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to all these other pro days. So I don't know if it would be better just to do that in those types of increments where you still get to train for the combine-type drills and then, you know, instead of going having ten pro days or whatever. Well, the worst part of that is the, that now you're you're put into a shoebox. Right. Oh, he's a 4-5 guy. He's a 4-7 guy. He's a whatever guy. Mm-hmm. But they forget about calculating the mental speed w- uh, with you play, especially at the linebacker position. So whatever a guy's speed is, you know, sometimes it's, it's relevant, sometimes it's not. I mean, I think more often than not, um, you know, I was – Okie doked by a long time ago when Mike Brown came in the league and somebody said, hey, look at these tapes. And I was going with the quicker, faster guy. Here's the guy who was the better guy, a pro bowler, all pro and new angles. And so his mental speed and his ability to, to find the ball through instincts. So in the, in the locker room a little bit this week, uh, you and Cody – K-State, West Virginia, big game this past week. Any any kind of wagers placed there? I know Cody's new money and stuff. Yeah, Did no. you take anything from him? No, no. I mean, honestly, I wasn't too confident in West really? Virginia. But uh, we, we have in the past years. I don't know. We didn't. Isn't we didn't it mandatory, though, if there's two college guys, teams playing against each other, you got to put something on it? It has been in the past. This year, I don't know. We, we just didn't. We usually do. I mean, I, I mean, I definitely said some things after, after the game, right. you know, but right. nothing prior. You know, the guy that speaks a lot about his school is Roquan Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a he Georgia gets thing. Un- he gets under Tom's skin all the time about Georgia and Notre Dame. He won't let you go. Yeah, you know, what? With a, <laughs> I like it. They're fourth in the college rankings after last night and stuff. So You watching much college football at all? Not really. Don't get into uh, it? I mean, I do get into it. It's just with the schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. hard to catch full games, but, I mean, I definitely keep up with it. Nick Wikowski, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, how's it been going for you since transitioning back into a larger playing role? Uh, it's been good. Um, really, I mean, as for me, I mean, it's been, you know, business as usual. Uh, preparation uh, going throughout a week, I mean, it's been pretty much the same. You know, has has your style changed? Now, you're a young guy in the league. you got two different defensive systems. you got two different position coaches. Um 
Glenn Pyre is, is a lot different than Mark DeLeon. Are, you know, what are the, what are the differences between your two position coaches in this short NFL time? Um, I mean, they both have kind of different, you know, ways of teaching certain things. Um, but overall, pretty similar. I mean, definitely different personalities, different coaching styles. But, you know, when it comes down to it, actually teaching football, there's a lot of similarities as well. So, um, I, I, you know, I think everybody I ever talked to about you, they always bring up the blitz against Dalvin Cook. But then you had one against an offensive lineman against Detroit a couple weeks ago that you did a really nice job running him over too. Um, is, this, is this something that you've always had inside you? Did you get a chance to blitz very much in college? Um, because I think Bears fans want to see you – you know, given that opportunity a little more. It really wasn't something I did in college. Um, we played a 3-3-5 stack. It wasn't too much just blitzing the linebackers. You know, it was uh, pretty much read, run, or pass, either get downhill or drop back. Um, I played different roles, so I did have a chance to blitz, but it wasn't anything like it is today. If, so at 3-3-5, you've got three defensive linemen, three linebackers. Do you get protected by the defensive line in that system, or are there more free runners, free blockers at you? Um, it depends which linebacker you're really at and obviously which way the ball is going, but there's usually a free backer running through all the time. Okay. Uh, Nick, when you transitioned back in now and filling in for Danny, uh, was there a moment or a time where you developed chemistry again with, uh, uh, you're not playing next to just, you know, uh, Danny. Now you're playing next to Roquan. Was there any of that, or is it, was it just a seamless transition? Um, it was a pretty smooth transition. I mean, we've practiced with each other, um, you know, since last year. And, you know, through my career here, I mean, I played with a lot of different guys next to me. Um, I think a lot of that chemistry comes, you know, in practice, you know, prior to the game. I mean, there's definitely certain things you got to work out on game day, but small things. I think all, most of it comes prior to the game day. In that, in that Detroit game, you didn't have a long time alert that you were going to go in there and play and you were going to play for an extended period of time. And then probably most you're studying that week you did against Matthew Stafford. So now you're playing and there's a different quarterback in there. Was that a difficult to catch up to, or did it, did you just get into the flow of whatever defense was called in the huddle? Yeah, it was like you said, the flow of things. Uh, when Danny came off, I didn't like you said, I didn't know if it was one play if he was just tired because I didn't see the what happened. Right. Um, so I just kind of went in there, and I didn't know if it was gonna be for a series, a play, you know. So once the flow of the game took over, you know, it's just just playing. Yep. What great confidence though, a coach could have in a guy who is in that you were in that situation for the Minnesota game, obviously as well. And to count on you, knowing you're going to be ready. Because a lot of guys, I mean, it's just human nature. I would think, oh, I'm, I'm never getting in. That's, that's when you get burned. But to, to know that you're ready 100% of the time, I don't know what a better quality you could have for a guy. Yeah, I mean, I've been in that position before, you yeah. know, in the past where it's kind of short notice. You know, you never know what's going to happen, you know, during a week, during a game, during a season. So it's one of those things I've. I don't want to say I learned the hard way, but I mean I've been in those situations where you kind of get thrown out, yeah. thrown out there. And it's have you ever been bitten? Um, no, when I wouldn't say, say I wouldn't say. You say the hard way, but you know, did but something catch you off guard? No, once? I, I, I just remember my like rookie year. I just you know, one I think I was inactive, and then you know the next game I'm playing a lot more snaps, and it was just a quick transition. I had no idea it was just one week to the next. Yeah, what's that? Do you always say you you never get a. You never get a, yeah, a notice on your door. Right, right. Yeah. You never get a notification. You know the communication device in your helmet. Um, is that beneficial to you? Can they can they give you more hints or clues other than just the defense to call? Um, I guess they could, but you know that whole the whole operation is kind of based on the offense. Right. Uh, so it really depends on the speed that they're going because I think I think it cuts off at I want to say ten seconds in the play clock. 
So, I mean, if they don't line up till after till late, I mean, it cuts off. So you got to get the call out. There's not much time to get much more out. So in, in when you were in college, did they have the communication device in college? So mm-hmm. is it unbelievable because all the memorization that you have to do in, cor- in order to memorize every single defense called according to your hand signals or a player coming in, now that maybe takes a little bit of that away from you, you can invest that study time in other areas? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's nice, you know, hearing the call uh, that quick. I remember at college – it was all hand signals, and, I mean, it was tempo, a tempo. Right. So, when I mean, you look over, you get the signal, you line up. So, I mean, it's a lot quicker quicker time to process. And, you know, teams now, I mean, they play with the tempo, which sometimes makes it difficult. But I will say it's a little bit slower than, a, like, a Big 12 offense. Nick, when you uh, arrived here in the National Football League and you were a, you know, a pretty, a pretty good round draft pick, but do you feel like sometimes people are surprised by your production because they say, oh, wow, you, you know, but you're not. So do you, do you ever look at that with a wary eye and say, come on, man. I mean, I've been here a long time. I, I should be better. I should know my defense. But at the same time, you know, you're, you, you haven't been a consistent starter because those opportunities haven't been afforded to you. Um, I really don't pay too much attention to it. You know, I just kind of come, uh, go out and play, you know, let the outside yeah. kind of take but care of itself. So in other words, you're patient with the questions. Then yeah, they come absolutely. Up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, like I don't let anything. I mean, just negativity, positivity. I mean, just kind of move on, you know, come to work, you know, play. Are you a social media guy? I'm not. That's the reason I'm a- uh, I'm in between. I am, but no, I'm he not doesn't, huge. Well, on he doesn't well, even know what social media well, this is. Well, this is what I get mad at for you is I was just reading up about you and trying to learn things about you, and I start reading these fantasy reports about these guys. What a bunch of baloney! Because you got these guys that are running, writing That's these big business. I I know it is, and I I know it is. I I get all that, but again, I feel disrespected for you because I don't like the stuff they write about a fantasy player in terms of, you know, you're kind of taking the football out of it, and you're only looking for small increments of points. And right, so, but you got to take that in the proper vein too. It's not like a scouting report on you know him and the game. It's for their individual fantasy teams in terms of points and stuff. You know what right, I'm saying? I guarantee you, I know your <laughs> I know your personality. Yeah, I'm if, just saying though, you got to take fantasy football in the in the right vein. And how did yeah. you even like if you're not on social media? How do you find this stuff? I was reading different things about Nick, and you brought up the headline. There's I read these headlines, and I and I. I don't feel the respect for Nick, and he's already given evidence of his preparedness, both at an instance notice and when you're a starter and you get the time to prepare for your opponent. So Yeah, and I'm not a fantasy football player, so I don't even know how they break that down. But, I mean, for, like, receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, you know, that's, that's where they get, you know, a lot of the attention. Usually they take just defensive unit as a whole. And this defensive unit continues to play with um, an edge and really tough to get a big play on and to score on um, despite everything else going on swirling around you guys. As a unit, what are your discussions like about that? Like what do you guys discuss about just knowing what's on your shoulders? Um, really just, you know, no matter what happens, play our defense. Um, like you said, it's really hard to get a big play. Um, just limit those, limit big plays. I mean, they can, they can hurt, they can hurt the team, they can hurt, they can, that leads to scores. I mean, that and then for us personally, just get turnovers, get off the field, get off on third down. Now, I'd say that's probably the two most important things: third downs and turnovers, and eliminating big plays. Um, so, like, no matter what happens, 
take the field, and you know that's our goal, get off the field. You know, it seems like everybody in the linebacker, interior line, inside linebacker, every all you guys are a little different. You know, there's no t- so when you are in that room before Mark gets in there to lead the meeting, who who's leading the conversation amongst you guys? Uh, Danny, Danny Trevathan, and then Roquan. Roquan's always talking. Really. Um, but yeah, it would surprise a lot of folks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, inside inside the linebacker room. Um, but I mean, we're we're a pretty close group. So is I mean, it it's football usually, generated conversation, or are you guys having off like tangent conversation before it gets into the meetings? A little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, depending on the day. Um, but we're we're a close group, so I mean, it's it's all it's all good conversations there. All right. I'm guessing you're one of the quieter guys. Yeah. Yeah. Or may they I say don't something? Know. I don't think so. Are you I sandbagging think us? No, no. I mean, we, like I said, we're a close group, so I mean, inside the room, we're all we're all talking. All right, we're going to step away. A couple of segments to go with Bears linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People to get it. Learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer with Paul Zeranger, engineer, along with Dan Barilli and Nick Kwiatkowski, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Bears All Access from PNC Studios here at Hallisaw, brought to you by IGS Energy. Good to have you alongside, Nick. Uh, as this team has experienced losing, in some cases, for the first time for young players who came in last year on this team or had experienced success elsewhere, you've had a bit of everything to deal with. Does that put you in a unique position in the locker room, so to speak, to try and keep everybody calm? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been through it. Um, you know, last year was a special year for us. Um, but unfortunately, you know, every year is not like that. Um, but it's just important, you know, things happen at the end of the year. Um, you know, just keep that same mentality and, you know, keep it going week after week. And, you know, don't let a, a record or anything outside, you know, let it, let that fall off. What have you learned from both situations that you are using now as a, as a skill or a tool? Um, pretty much just what I just said, just yeah. finish out the year. Um, no matter what happens. Um, I mean, not personally in one of my positions, but, I mean, I've seen it where, you know, teams sneak into the playoffs because, you know, things around the league happen. Um, so you can only control what you can control. So just keep going. Who do you locker next to? Because, you know, back in our day, we lockered wherever we wanted to, and we were lockering with all the offensive linemen together, blah, blah, blah. And I know that you guys are situated because if a defensive player is next to an offensive player, I think that's a good thing to increase the volume of conversation in terms of the team, not necessarily just defense, offense. Yeah, so I'm next to Buster Screen and Steven Denmark. Oh, so you got a couple defensive players. Yeah, I'm all defense next to me. Yeah, interesting. Because I, you know, it's it's interesting how the conversation flows. Because when you have some of the elder statesmen that are offense and defense, I think that's that's beneficial for the team to have those conversation and make sure everybody's still how, pointing how so? in the right explain, direction. Explain explain the impact of that. I, I, because I, I I think that there's a lot of topics that can be discussed. There's a lot of side both sides of the story. How okay if you have two senior leaders, I think, and you have a volume of conversation, those two guys can stretch out and talk to every one of the young guys either in their position or other guys in the locker room and they keep positive momentum you never want that negative conversation to infiltrate the locker room because no matter what you're going through last season or this season man once you shut those locker room doors it's just you guys and I and I think you can have beneficial conversation in the way this locker room is set up yeah absolutely I mean young guys coming in first year first year being on a team you know that's experienced some highs and lows um it's, I want to say it's tough to deal with, but, I mean, it's different. So, you know, just keep that positive mentality. And, you know, you don't want it to be negative ever. Right. Because, you know, it's 
at the end of the day, you come, you're coming in every day. You want to. You well, you mean in. you can't have a negative attitude in your preparation for next week. Absolutely. No matter what happened in the past, Nick Kukowski's got to prepare like every one of your responsibilities, including special teams. Did you play special teams in college? I did not. Because all I you stars. Not. You none of, kidding me. No, none of these stars play special teams in I college. I know, but he's. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what, you know, the eye-opening tackle the other night on it was the punt team. It was mm-hmm. punt coverage. But the other hits that you've had throughout the course of the year, you had a huge block. Didn't you, didn't you have a huge block earlier this year, too? Mm-hmm. Yep. You yeah, it's just time. You just love playing football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I played – I think my freshman year of college, I played some special teams, but after that, it was just straight defense. Anything shock you about, for example, Cordell Patterson's play on special teams? Not, not as a returner. Um, you know, he's a guy. I mean, just running down on Gunner. I mean, he's impressed. He's impressed us all. Um, you know, he does everything from returning to trying to go block a punt, and it's impressive. It's impressive to watch. I think that's what's equally impressive about Sherrick McManus because mm-hmm. you talk about a guy that's made a career on special teams and he's excelled at every one of his opportunities he's asked for. You know, he's equally as threatening as a flyer, too, down there, and I think that's kind of fun, you know, when they do have to punt to watch those guys and either if they're going to be challenged by two protectors or one, they're still down there. Yeah, I mean, Sherrick's a guy that I've kind of looked to for, I mean, advice on special teams from my first year here. I mean, he's a guy that – He's played multiple positions on special teams and, like you said, excelled at them all. So the the punch that Sherrick had in the Raiders game, have you ever found yourself in a position now since you've kind of become aware of that tech, technique where you can isolate on the football or do you see it or, or do you not even think about it because it's a blur? Um, I have found – I mean, it is usually a blur, but there are times I look back and, like, I should have punched the ball. Um, and there's times I've also I've gone for it, you know, it just doesn't come out. Right. Um, but usually it is a blur. You kind of realize it afterwards. When you intercepted the pass, um, do you think of a guy like Brian Erlacher who had so many uh, or Dick Butkus back in the day and think, oh, my gosh, this is not the easiest thing in the world, even though you played safety and receiver, to swipe a pass playing that position because it can come up on you quick. Yeah. You have a great appreciation for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was my first one, uh, my first career trip, so it was pretty exciting for myself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's you're close to the line of scrimmage, so they, they come out quick. Huddle, huddle call or quarterback reaction by you to make that interception? Because the wide receiver is out to your left. You kind of drop back and get out in that flat, and he throws the ball. A little bit of both. I, yeah. mean, he, I mean, he stared on the receiver. I mean, he took the snap, looked. So it was kind of a more of a reaction. Did, did you have any like meeting reminders during the course of the week? Okay, this formation, this down and distance alert. That's kind of a general formation, you know. Yeah. Get everyone at one side of the ball, and you know, uh, try to isolate one receiver to one side. So it was one of those things that I've experienced in the past where they've done that. All right, we're going to take another break with Nick Kwiatkowski. A couple of more minutes to go with the Bears linebacker here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Hey, Bears fans, get out of the cold and hit the beach in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico with your favorite Bears players. Inside the Bears hosts Lawrence Greeden and Spice Adams and Apple Vacations this March. Visit applevacations.com slash bears for more info. (laughs) Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with you here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio. Jeff goes on that trip every year. I I do not. I've gone the last couple of years. Have you gone yet, Nick? I'm not going. Yeah, you get Nick on I, one of those. Yeah, I don't make those decisions. You know? <laughs> I have He's a no, beach guy. I, I bet he is. I'm de- I, I, I was invited. I was invited. I want to say last year, but they they told me like a week before. I guess I was a replacement. I'm oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why Jeff yeah. went. No, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't shock me. Uh, 
What's your favorite play in the National Football League so far? I mean, that's that's a too hard broad, one. too big. Yeah, your favorite too play? Yeah, favorite hit, favorite play. Because as Tom talked about when you rolled over Dalvin Cook, it's still talked about in our booth. Right. Every, every pregame, Jim Schwantz, Jay Hill, they they even have said it's the best play of the year so far. Um, there's just something about a linebacker in Chicago with the kind of mentality you play with and what we've seen in the players before you or with you on this team. But those big hits, it, it, it makes you jump out of your seat. When I'm calling the game, even last week, there was a open field form tackle perfectly wrapping, and it gets you excited. It's those simple things that are all about technique and fundamentals. But why do you think that is? Why do you think that's what gets people going around here? Um, I think it's just the history, you yeah. know, watching guys in the past do the same thing. Um, you know, anytime you can get a play, attack for loss, a big play, I mean, especially in certain situations, I mean, it's just exciting. It's exciting for the game. I mean, it's exciting for a defensive team and then everyone who's watching. You know, Jeff brought up the word form, fundamental, fitting tackle. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I did. And it, it is true. But now you look at a weapon like Barkley because he doesn't give you a big tackle target, and he's got leverage. He's a low guy. What type of emphasis do you think about yourself? Not something you're hearing in meetings, but what you're telling yourself to be prepared for. Uh, I mean, just what you said. I mean, the guy gets low, um, doesn't give you much to hit. Um, for myself, you know, it's just be conservative but also aggressive at the same time. You know, you know don't make, make the right decision. You know, don't just throw yourself at him. Um, you know, he's a guy that's going to break tackles, going to get low. Um, you know, take angles, and you know he's a guy that has big playability. So know where your help is as well. Um, and my, what I mean by that is, if you're if he's coming out of the backfield, you know you have a, a safety behind you to your left. You know, don't just run out and get outside him, let him cut back on you with, right. without help. Because he is a guy, he's going to break tackles. He's going to get by him. I mean, he's just he's a good player. I remember what Akeem Hicks said last year. You, you can feel him as a player. He's a, he's a rookie coming in, and just the the strength on that guy is well documented. And is expo- but you can feel him when you hit him. Are there guys like that that even though you're a hard-hitting linebacker, you could feel them and just how strong they are? Um, I can't really Not think of anyone specifically, but, I mean, there's definitely guys out there that you can definitely feel when you hit. Um, you know, when you, when you get a full running start and you hit someone, they don't really move, you can feel it. I mean, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely happened to me before. Um, and there are. There's guys all around the league like that. I mean, there's guys that have, I've faced, you know, all throughout my football career, college, I mean, I mean even high school that are like that. You know, I believe that if you hit the guy harder than he hits you, you you really don't feel it. So on that punt tackle that you made the other night, did you even feel the impact or were you going so quick with no hesitation that you kind of tackle right through the feeling of it? Yeah, I didn't really feel it. I mean, I had the momentum, you know, coming down uh, coverage. And he was, I'm not standing still, but he was not moving forward very fast. So I I really didn't feel it. I didn't realize it was a, a big hit until I watched it after. Right. It was a big hit. Kind of lit up the stadium at that point because there were more Bears fans than there were Rams fans there. And you could hear Mm -hmm. the reaction, the appreciation of a big hit like that. So as this team gets ready for the Giants and and knowing, you know, it's still the same mentality, the the one game at a time mentality. And and is that easy to do or is it a a challenge to do for you guys right now? Um, I think it's easy for us. I mean, we've kind of been talking about the past couple of weeks. um, And I mean, it's, you can't you can't really look past the game right now. I mean, every game is different for us. Um, you just got to go in and prepare like it's our last one, um, and you just take each one week by week and just let the thing uh, let the games fall where they may. Because you're now starting again, and and the fact that you did, do you have a greater appreciation for for every snap you get? 
Oh, absolutely. You know? um, and, I mean, that comes from other things as well. I mean, just talking to Danny, you know, yeah. people injury-wise. I mean, I've been in a position where I've been injured. Um, you really never know when your season could be over or something could happen. So you really have to have appreciation for every snap you take. How's he mentally dealing with this? He's good. You know, he's a positive guy. Um, he's, you know, he talks to us every day football-wise. So he's he's doing well. That's a guy you don't need to worry about being dialed in, Danny Trevathan. So uh, he's not going on IR, it appears. So hopefully he can come back for the no. Bears as well. Well, we're out of time. Thank you so much for spending the time with us and joining us here on Bears All Access. Hope you'll join us again sometime soon. Nick Kwiatkowski, our guest tonight. That's going to wrap us up for Tom Thayer, Paul Zerang, and Dan Barilla, our engineers. I'm Jeff Joniak. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you on the radio, 9 a.m. pregame noon kickoff on WBBM on Sunday with Tom Thayer, Ron, Jim, and Jay, and the boys. I'm Jeff Joniak. That'll be it here from Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night.